Good morning, friends. <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, you're here today and that we can study God's Word together. Um, I'll just tell you that a number of years ago, um, I found myself um, trying to understand some church dynamics. I'm one of those guys that just loves to study church dynamics. And one of the things that I uh, began to struggle with was that I learned that there were people who came Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and were within the ministry of our church um, who were not clear about the gospel. And uh, the challenge for me was, uh, you know, we had people coming and going all the time, but for those who spent any time at all within our ministry, I wanted to make sure that they couldn't go away saying, nobody told me how to enter eternal life, how to have a meaningful relationship with God. And so out of that came a conviction of mine that at least once a quarter, I need to be very clear about the truth of the gospel and how it is that we come into relationship with God and receive Christ Jesus as our personal Savior. That's today's message. And I really want to encourage you. Along the way, I've discovered uh, lots of other things that are challenging about just the essence of the gospel. But uh, would you, uh, before we open God's word, uh, would you take your sermon note sheet it looks a little different today, but you'll understand that in a minute. And uh, turn to Romans chapter 6 in your Bibles, and let's pray. We're here, Lord, and we're hungry to hear your voice. Yeah, we'll hear the preacher preaching, but underneath the preacher's voice, we want to hear your voice. Show us today some things that maybe we've never heard or if we've heard them before, drive them deep with gratefulness into our soul. Speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Amen. Well, it wasn't all that long ago that I had a wonderfully interesting conversation with someone who was raised in the church, graduated confirmation, attended often, but was asking about several spiritual concepts that I just assumed that she knew. And it became obvious to me that there are probably lots of people who for one reason or another just aren't aware of several crucial spiritual truths. And that could be for a variety of reasons. Some were not raised in the church. Some were raised in churches that didn't take the scriptures seriously. Some were just kind of bored and not paying attention when those things were taught. It's not that these people are, are dumb or ignorant. It's just that they need a better explanation than they've had. The gospel. The gospel means good 
news, the good news that God loves us and reaches out to us in Jesus to rescue us and to bring us into his family. I want to make sure today that you understand that clearly because as you will see today, if you miss out on the gospel, you'll be missing out on the most important thing in your hope to gain heaven and spend eternity with God. Today, I want to speak about the simple gospel. It's simple enough that a child can understand it. In fact, maybe children get it better than we older ones, and I'll probably show you today why. Sometimes we adults think big truths have got to be more complicated, and we find it hard to accept that little, the things that little ones get so quickly. It's simple, but it's also deep enough that Bible scholars dig into its meaning endlessly. But the message of the good news, the gospel, is able not only to help you be sure where you will land after you die, but it's also to discover the blessing God wants to pour into your life here and now, a relationship with God that will give your life for the rest of your days, meaning and value and purpose. If you know Christ today, if you've already begun a relationship with God, I want you to pay careful attention also because you have friends and relatives who don't understand the gospel and you can learn today how to share with them and lead them into a close relationship with God. The gospel is the good news of God's loving salvation to us. You know, there are several Bible verses where God seems to kind of boil it all down to simple, clear terms. And we see with simplicity the most important things God wants to communicate to us. Romans 6.23 is one of those verses. You see, Romans is kind of a unique letter. The Apostle Paul's other letters are to churches where he's been their pastor or he led the church in its beginnings. He's been there. He's taught them God's truth. But Paul has never been to Rome. At the end of his letter, he'll say, I hope to come there, and he's going to visit them later when he's in chains. He's heard about this new church in the capital city of the Roman Empire, and he wants to make sure that they get the basics right and that nobody is left wondering what the Christian message is all about. So he writes to make sure they understand what God is doing and why God sent Jesus and the meaning of the cross. Here's Romans 6.23, one short verse, but it summarizes the entire gospel. It tells us why Jesus came and how we can have a relationship with God who gave, gave us life. Here it is. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's kind of pull that verse apart to understand it before we put it back together again. There are six key terms in this verse. What are they? First, wages. What are wages? Well, I think everybody knows and everyone understands that wages are 
what you earn, what you deserve for what you've done. You earn your wages. Suppose you work at your job and work hard for 40 hours some week and your boss comes to you and says, I'm sorry for this, but in spite of your, the job that you've done, we cannot pay you this week. I know you'd say that's not fair. That's wrong. I've earned this. I deserve this. And I'd say, you're right. You do deserve your wages. The second important word here is the word sin. What is sin? Well, almost everyone knows that sin involves things like uh, killing and cheating and lying and stealing. It's the wrong stuff people do. But the original word is really an archery term. There's this target with a, a bullseye, and maybe you shoot an arrow and hit here, or maybe you're not any better than I am, and you miss the target altogether. And the ancients would measure the difference between the bullseye and the arrow, and they would say, you've sinned this much. You've missed God's perfect mark, by this much. And the Bible says that sin is not only wrong stuff, but it's also the right stuff we should do, but don't do. So who sins? Everyone does, don't they? Have you ever sinned? Missed the bullseye of God's purpose for your life, of course you have. We all have. The third word is the word death. What's that? Well, it's when you die. When your body stops functioning, you leave this life, and that's physical death. When people die, you can't talk to them anymore. You can't be with them anymore. The relationship has changed. You're separated from them. Death involves separation. Separation from people when they physically die. But just like physical death is separation, the Bible also talks about spiritual death, which is separation from God. And so we'll put the word separation there with death. Separation from God. So let's simplify this first, taking out the churchy words and substituting common language. So what we earn, deserve, from missing God's best is spiritual separation from God. Let that sink in for a moment. What we've earned by our sin is isolation and banishment from God. This is what we deserve. Now that's not good news. But that's not the entirety of the verse. There's a big but in this sentence, and I'm so glad for that. What we've seen up to this point is bad news, but means contrast. There is good news. The gospel is coming. The wages of sin is death, but the next word is gift. What's a gift? And how is a gift different from a wage? 
A wage is something you earn. A gift is given freely. It's free. So I have this uh, $10 bill for you. It's a gift. Would you like this gift? I see a lot of heads going like this. Well, before I give you this gift, you've got to go down to Cub and buy me a donut. And uh, then when you get back, I'll give you this $10 if you do 10 push-ups. You do the healthy part while I do the donut part. You say, Pastor, wait a minute. That's not a gift. You're asking me to do stuff to get it. That's earning it. It's not a gift if you have to work for it. That's a wage, and that's right. A wage is earned. A gift is free. The next word is God. What's the difference between sin and God? And most of us know the difference. God is perfect. God doesn't sin. That's one of the most obvious differences between God and us. God doesn't miss the perfect mark. He doesn't sin. In fact, God always does what is perfect. God is the definition of perfection. And if God is perfect, the gift God gives is going to be the perfect gift for the person in this needy, struggling situation, having earned nothing but separation from God. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. If death means separation from God, then life is being with God, being in relationship with God. And what does eternal mean? It means forever, on and on and on. It doesn't end. What an amazing, clear distinction between the two. What we have earned or deserved from missing God's perfect mark is spiritual separation, banishment from God, isolation from his presence, and yet God gave us a free gift, a perfect gift for someone like you and me who are in this desperate situation. And how do we bridge the gap between here and there? Can I get there by being a good person? Well, do good people sin? Even good people sin. Even good people miss God's perfect mark. And what do they deserve? Even good people deserve separation, isolation from God. How about going to church and being religious? Well, do religious people sin? Well, we know they do. So they too earn the wage of separation from God. There is nothing we can do to get from the side where we are in to the side where we want to be. But God loves us, even in our desperate situation, and he gives us the perfect gift. And so God himself bridges a bridge he built the bridge in Jesus Christ, our Lord. What Jesus did for us was to die for us, the perfect one, the only one who didn't deserve death. God in human flesh, he died in our place so that there's a bridge from our lost, helpless state across to the wonderful, rescued, gifted life. Here we are on the left side, 
What do we need to do to cross to the wonderful side? We've got to believe that this bridge will carry us. We've got to believe and trust that Jesus died to take away the penalty, the wage of my sin, and to trust in Christ alone, not in my goodness, because my goodness can't save me, not in my church, because my church can't provide for me, not in uh, uh, anything else. Our trust is not in what we can do, but our trust is placed in Christ Jesus alone to bring us into relationship with God. And every one of us at some point in life is at this point of decision. And so here's my question for you. Are you going to trust Christ and walk the bridge into relationship with God? Are you going to make sure that your sins are paid for and that you are in Christ Jesus? By faith. You need to receive the gift you cannot earn, the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. John Patton was a Scot who traveled to the New Hebrides in the Southwest Pacific, now known as Vanuatu. He went there to tell tribal people about Jesus, and and there he ministered to a cannibal tribe, a group about as disconnected to Christianity as you can be. He was translating the Bible into their language, but he, he struggled to find the right word for faith. They didn't have a word faith or trust in their language. It wasn't a cultural value. In fact, to these cannibals, Trusting seemed rather foolish. And one day when his native servant came in, John Patton raised both feet off the floor and sat back in his chair, leaned against the wall and asked, what am I doing now? In reply, the servant used a word that means to lean your whole weight upon. And that's the word Patton used for faith. Faith is leaning our whole weight upon Jesus, leaning not on our performance, which earns us only banishment from God, leaning on Jesus. Now listen, this is so simple that a child can understand it. Adults tend to make things complicated and complex. Children are used to receiving, aren't they? They're used to realizing that they can't and someone else must. That's why it makes so much sense that Jesus said in Matthew 18, unless you turn and become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because we think this is too simple. It's got to be bigger than this. No. It, It is this simple. It is this humbling. God wants to give you what you are incapable of earning. Here's a great story of one young lady in our youth ministry at Lakewood. Give your attention to her telling her story. Hi, I'm Nicole Heikotter. I'm in ninth grade, and last year I accepted Jesus Christ into my life. So around a year ago, I was really sick and in a lot of pain and I, I just felt like something was missing and I was having such a hard time 
and I just didn't know what else to do. Then one day, my friend invited me to come with her on a Wednesday night to come to LSM with her. And I said, okay, why not? Give it a try. Because it, it was a while since I've been to church because I used to go, but then something happened and we just didn't go anymore. So I came and that night I felt so loved and so cared about that I wanted to be there all the time. Like I actually missed Wednesday nights, like I didn't want to go home and it felt amazing to finally find a place that I wanted to call home. And so one night Jordan was giving a message um, in a series called The Mess and he was saying how all we had to do to accept Jesus in her life is to just accept him and follow him no matter what and just look to him and that's all we had to do and I talked to Jordan after that and I was like Jordan I want to accept Jesus in my life because it I had something missing in me and that night Jordan prayed with me and when I went home I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I felt so free and so happy it was the best feeling I've ever felt and it will always be that way too and then I went home that night and I nearly started crying to my mom because I was just so happy and I felt so free in the love of God. Nicole, if somebody came up to you and asked why it's important to share the gospel with other people, what do you think you would tell them? I think it's important to share the gospel mainly because so many people don't really understand what they're missing until they've really accepted God into their life. And I feel so sad for people who have not accepted him because they don't know what they're missing. Whoa, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So do you understand? Are you ready now to walk the bridge and put your trust in Christ Jesus? Helpless sinners like us need a Savior like Jesus. Pray with me, please. Father, I'm confident that there are lots and lots of people here who could give a story and testimony like that of how you have invaded their life, have transformed them from darkness to light, from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of God. We all want that, Lord. And so I pray right now for anyone who's here today who has never personally trusted in Jesus for their salvation. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would drive this truth home to their heart. The difference between being lost and being found of being separated from being connected to your wonderful love. Lord Jesus, by your grace and power, 
reach into the hearts of those who don't know you, who have not trusted you, and draw them home to the family of God. Oh, Lord, I pray for those of us who are here who, who, who may have done that years ago. Thank you for refreshing our excitement and our joy at being people who belong to your family. Help us as we seek to share with those who are still wondering what the gospel is all about. We pray it in Jesus' sweet name. Amen.